0: Can you hear me? Yep. Awesome. And all right. And we are recording. Nice. So finally, you got to forgive me. Technology is not my best thing, even though um, I'm a filmmaker or what have you. I'm st- it's still not my best suit. However, I do the best that I can. So uh, I want to say welcome, welcome, welcome to the Diva Show. Um, I'm Diva Gordon, and I'm with DEU. LLC productions and I'm a filmmaker myself and I decided that I wanted to um, Bring in an audience to communicate the many with many different filmmakers and those in the creative industry um, Opportunities to meet and greet and find out what other opportunities are out there and um, Where they could possibly take their creativity Mm -hmm. Um, for instance, um, I know you work with PhillyCAM, correct? Okay, and I've been a member of PhillyCAM for quite some time now, since actually since 2015, I've been a member. And um, you all have been monumental in so many different ways to so many different projects that we have. So later on in the show, I'm gonna ask you some questions about PhillyCAM and um, itself. But I want to ask you some questions to you. How did you begin with with PhillyCam? What was your experience with that? Yeah,
1: I started with PhillyCam actually as an intern in 2015. <laughs> so we probably crossed paths at some point. Um, I had studied at Temple University in, you know, the uh, at the time, it was broadcast telecommunications, mass media, uh, and turned into media studies production. Um, and so, right after I graduated, got an internship with PhillyCam. And something that I that really struck me, and you know, inspired me to stay on and kind of you know get involved in other ways, was just how unique PhillyCam is because it is the community access television and radio station. And so they were some of the most diverse, like, studio spaces and workshops that I'd ever seen, like, you know, being, especially being in, like, school uh, and having seen, you know, uh, trends in the studio spaces and having worked on some sets, I was definitely catching, you know, (laughs) wind of of like, okay, this is very much like a male driven environment. And there's a specific, you know, uh, type of person that you were expecting to see on set Mm -hmm. all the time. And there weren't a lot of people who looked like me, um, who were creating media or creating content that like, resonated with me either. And so uh, getting into Philly Cam, I was able to see people who looked like me, people who didn't look like me, people didn't look like those other people that I see all the time. Uh, And, you know, work with people that I probably never would have like encountered or had that opportunity if it weren't for Philly Cam and, and seeing how unique and like motivated uh, those voices are to like create the specific content that means something to them really just inspired me. So um, after the internship, I stayed on as a freelancer. Um, and when they had a job opening for a part-time position, I like harassed them until they gave it to me. <laughs> I was like, okay, I love you yes. give me, give me, give me. Um, and now, you know, my position has evolved over the years. Um, I'm going on five years of working at Philly Cam. I guess it'll be like, you know, if you count the internship, almost six years uh, of, you know, really working and now, you know, I'm, f- I'm full time and a part of like the, you know, main team of making sure that people have what they need to create, you know, their media that matters.
0: <laughs> that is, that is awesome. So now, as you said, and you progress, you are the programming and production coordinator yes. at um, Fully Cam. So tell me a little about, little about that position.
1: Yeah, so that's a position that <clears throat> evolved over time um, from seeing like a need uh, within our membership. So we're a member-based organization. So anyone in Philadelphia or surrounding areas can become a member of Philly CAM, and that gets you access to our, you know, studio spaces and equipment, and then you can submit to the channel, and it goes on TV or it goes on the radio. Um, and so... I was originally just on the tech team kind of working as support, making sure people knew how to use the equipment and, you know, making sure their lights were set up and um, things like that. And we found that there was like, we have all this technical help and workshops, um, but it was still people coming in who, you know, have never picked up a camera or never even thought of a production. Like these are not like professionals who are like, you know, filmmakers, right, right? Um, who didn't know where to start uh, or didn't know, you know, what goes into a production or how to find crew. And so I kind of came up into becoming like a a consultant where I would meet with members and kind of walk them through the steps of production um, and give them resources and make sure they had, you know, a full plan. Um, And then from that, it was like, how do we kind of Bridge the gap between like people are creating the content to how are they submitting it to the channel. Um, So that's where the programming comes in is that I'm also like, let's make sure you get through the whole process like from start to finish and it's on the air. Um, That's what my job is, is just to kind of be there next to our members to make sure that they have what they need, um, including, you know, Mem- other members to help and tech support and, you know, even just motivational support on there as everyone's cheerleader.
0: <laughs> just like you can Listen, do that. I'm listening to you. And that is, that is phenomenal. And one of the things that you said earlier is that Philly Cam is unique and your job is unique. Everyone's job is unique, but the uniqueness of it is that, like you said, you're working with people, that have creative ideas, have thought processes, put it down on paper. They're really not sure of where to go from there. And it's kind of like, you see this light and you know that they got it. It's just that that, that little piece that they may need or um, organization and showing them how it's done and how they can get it done. Because for many, many years, you know, it was not tangible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To get to where a lot of people are now in the independent film industry itself, um, and just like you said uh, before, as far as seeing certain, how could I say, certain um, types that you didn't fit into, and um, you know you're capable, you know it's something that you want to do, you're just not really sure where to get started or how to get started.
1: Mm-hmm. So with
0: um, with Philly Cam, it gives you that roundabout and put people like yourself um, that are very creative and and very well-driven into place to help others along the way to get it done. Because um, I will say that when um, my first production was on Philly Cam, I I was lost at first. I was lost. Um, I wasn't sure how to go about it. I wasn't sure what to do. But um Debbie Rudman, mm-hmm. yep. if I'm not mistaken. Debbie Rudman uh reached out to me and she showed me some things and, and walked me through it, just like you you walk people through it. She walked me through it. And that was some some time ago. And um it was something that I just never thought would happen. So it's great that you're in that place to help those. Like myself, that you know are starting now, and those that are still still there doing different things and are trying to uh, how could I say grow within the industry even more so mm-hmm. that's that's wonderful that you have that opportunity, especially I can just imagine because when I go to Philly camp when I go down there um, to the location it, it's just so many creative people walking around yeah you know it's so many creative people walking around. And it's a very, um, how could I say, open and pleasant environment, you know, a very Mm -hmm. open and pleasant environment. And um, I'm looking forward to getting back there and uh, sitting down in in the meet and greet room and all of that. So um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. You are a producer and a co-host of horror media uh, podcast, Ghouls Next Door. Yes. (laughs) Tell me about that because I'm just going to say, it's it's funny how things work. I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day that um, stated that he was trying to write, he was interested and he wrote some things for a horror script. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So when your bio came through and I was looking, I was like, wow, okay. I'm just going to say there's not a lot of horror films that come from, I'll say, um, the indie industry so much. I'll just say it that way. It's not a lot of horror films. So what what intrigued you to go in that direction um, to do horror films? And if you could tell me also about um, the podcast, The Ghouls Next Door, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. So um, for me, horror is, you know, this genre that is kind of on the, the outskirts of most genre. It's not as you know, like, uh, watched, you know, like, or, or, uh, structured there's not as many eyes on horror genre so it does tend to get away with a lot more and most people when they hear horror they think of the traditional slashers like friday 13th or you know nightmare on elm street which is like those are fine Um, but what my show deals with is specifically horror that is looking to kind of highlight some of the more realistic like historical or psychological traumas that we as people struggle through. So, like, for example, one of um, the uh, a recent, like, a what was the recent award show, one of them, uh, just had a nomination for a horror film of La Girona, which is this remake of The the Weeping Woman, but it was specifically geared towards um, retelling uh, about the Guatemalan genocide that happened in the 80s. And there was like a trial that happened. And so it was more about um, like the guilt and the, the trauma of these people uh, who were struggling and kind of fighting against that and using something like you know, La Llorona, which is just, you know, a kid's folktale to really show what the horrors were of of those people that they were like, you know, suffering from. And so on my show, The Ghouls Next Door, where we're a media analysis podcast. So... are plenty of like film review shows where you know we watch a movie and then we're like it's good it's bad what's up uh (laughs) but we're not really like that (laughs) so um we divide our show into two parts so we have one where we will do um a whole section about either like the history that is being explored in that media or maybe the psychology or the science like if it's something that's like Parallel universe or something we talk about the science of parallel universes, um, or you know for something like Lovecraft Country, which, which came out last year, um, or the or the book Lovecraft Country, which is, you know there's spooky monsters, but it's actually really more about the Jim Crow era of America and how it was, you know, terrifying right. to be a black person during that time. So it's like, we'll talk about the, you know, real life things that are happening that are inspiring this media. And then the second part is actually going in and talking about how well or not well, <laughs> this media address those concerns or um, what it's trying to say outside of just being like, you know, something that's gory or fun. Um, and it's definitely like, we, we, we dub it edutainment. <laughs> it's okay. educational and edu- and entertaining, because uh, we have fun with it, um, but it very much is like we are doing analysis on the media as a whole and, and what it's trying to do, not so much like, "Did I like it or not?"
0: <laughs> you know? like it wasn't you know, like, like the Siskel and Ebert type thing. You don't yeah. want it to be so cut and dry, but that, that's, that's a good thing because um, it's like delivering it in that way with, with some comedy. And also with analyzation helps people to understand the point of it better, <laughs> opposed to just saying you like it, you don't like it, pointing out what the point was to, you know, was to come across within the film itself and um, the goal it was trying to reach. And honestly, without you explaining it that way, I would have thought that it was, you know, the slashing and, and the so forth and so on. But we do have a lot of, um, a lot of stories to tell, unfortunately. Um, within Mm that, um, that genre that many people are unaware of. And finding more creative ways of delivering it to them allows the message to get out even that much better. It's not that it's not as rigid as it used to be, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So when does your, your podcast take place?
1: So we're a weekly show. Um, we come out every Tuesday. We're available wherever, you know, you listen to podcasts, but we're also available on YouTube. So we do create, like, visual um, components for our show. And in the, the YouTube channel will also include sometimes clips or whatever we're referencing. We'll have, like, images so that it really helps kind of round out um, what the content is. And we also break it up so that, like, if you're just someone who enjoys the facts part where you're, like, I just want to learn about history then you can just watch that or if you're like i just want to hear about this film you can watch just the film parts of it as well and so it's you know those little things um we just did uh our we do like series and our last one was called for the culture and that was where we were specifically looking for films that were trying to you know talk about specific traumas and horrors that. A community was experiencing and usually communities that aren't getting enough attention like we started off with an indigenous uh, horror film. We had the Guatemalan horror film uh, his house from Netflix, which is about South Sudanese immigrants. So it was like specifically picking like you probably didn't know this movies out there, um, but kind of watching it and, and allowing yourself to have what we find is like a catharsis with horror is that you can safely live out these traumas and, and empathize and experience them um, mm-hmm. without like actually being in danger. And it really allows you to understand a whole world that you probably didn't even know was out there.
0: Wow, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. So I also want to ask you, um, you, made a, you made a statement in, in, within your bio and you said, did you believe media can be used as a tool to bring social change? and works in um, all that you do, of course, impactful and inspiring. Um, I'm gonna ask you, because we lived history Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in these past couple of years, past two years. I'll say past, what, five, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) With everything that has been taking place last year and the beginning of of this year, um, how would you apply some of those things that has traumatized this, this world to, uh, uh, as you say, uh, a horror film is that something that you all would touch. Um, it's it is very large of everything that was going on, but um, out. I mean, the, from the pandemic mm-hmm. to social injustice, would that be um, or has that been a con- will it be a contributor to um, something that you all would discuss and talk about?
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Um- Throughout, like if, if you just look historically at horror, um, and you know you kind of look past just the the general like jump scares or anything like that, you'll find that horror has always been um, used as a tool to remark upon what we were struggling against or we were afraid of. If you think about horror movies during the Cold War, we're very oh, much wow. like okay, we're you know we're worried about the fact that there's a nuclear like, it's impending, right? Um, Thinking of how zombies have evolved from, uh, you know, being, there's like racial elements to it, but there's also, you know, the fear of epidemics, um, but there's also the fear of consumerism and kind of losing who you are in the world of capitalism. And so we we do, uh, (laughs) we're a little nerdy about it, um, but we've, you know, we've talked, especially last summer, um, we had like a whole you know, schedule where we're going to have some fun. And, and when um, it just, actually it started with Ahmad Arbery when he was um, attacked just from jogging, we were like, that's it. Like, we need to use this as a tool, our own, our own tool to educate people on what's going on. So we actually like, sometimes we'll cover not necessarily horror films, but Mm -hmm. we'll cover the horrors about that film. So we talked about like, um, see you yesterday, which is a time travel film um, that, uh, is about a a young man who's, who's killed by police, and it's his younger sister trying to change that. And it's, you know, talking about like the problems with um, people of color not being able to time travel, because that's not a real, like, why would you want to go back? It's never been okay.
0: Right, (laughs) right. Um, Right.
1: Or uh, we talked about, we had a whole episode about elections, um, and about like the importance of, you know, getting out there and your civic participation. Um, But we, and something that goes into what I was saying about it bringing about social change is there's two sides to media, and I think you like, one is like we're educating, we're informing, we're telling you what's going on. Um, right. but there's a whole second part to that, which is like mm-hmm. inspiring change, right? Is, is to give people tools and resources to do something about it. Because if you're just right. making people sad, <laughs> you know, it's right. like, If you're okay. just talking
0: about it, if you're just talking about it, you're just talking about like everybody else is talking about it, but what are you doing to help them? to um, encourage them to indulge and get involved. And you're absolutely right. That's, I'll I'll be honest with you, Um, I wasn't in a position, um, and I do my show every second and fourth Thursday, I was not in a position to actually gather up, especially with everything going on with the pandemic. However, I did not talk about it much, like for the reason, like you said, I did not talk about it much um, on my platform only because I didn't want to be another talker.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I didn't want to be another talker. I wanted to be a doer and I did, you know, some what I I could do. And a lot of times I don't really talk about it, you know, community service and things like that. I did what Mm -hmm. I could do. Um, But yes, I, I totally get that. But it's great that you have that second half that will encourage people to actually engage and help them to understand that changes is on only gonna come about if you change how you address the situation and stop making it a topic of conversation, but a part of action
1: yeah yeah so yeah we we include um like links and resources in our show notes so we always have one if we we cite anything because we do research we'll have our sources there but we also have links um that are like to make a change and it's always based upon whatever topic we're talking about so if it's for more information to back you know an organization that's working or to donate um like for we did a queer horror uh series and so we you know link to resources for young people who might be like struggling with their own identity so it's like whenever we're, we're covering something that that's that heavy we want to make sure that we're giving people a takeaway so that it's actionable at the end it's like it's like I'm sad and now I want to change it.
0: Yes I I like that. I totally agree. And this is Ghouls Next Door, and it's on yes. Tuesdays at what time?
1: Uh, it drops usually about 1 o'clock, um, but it's a, it's a podcast, so after, you know, that episode drops, it's always available. We have um, 140, so <laughs> we've been here for three years, uh, and like I said, we're in Ghouls Next Door on Gmail, on uh, Google uh, for uh, YouTube, as well as uh, just checking us out on theghoulsnextdoor.com.
0: Okay. Well, you all, y'all got to make sure that y'all, y'all check out cool's next door. I know definitely I will be. Um we're going to we're going to the next one. Black Tribbles. Tribbles. Yeah. Tribbles. My fault. My fault. Tribbles. Black Tribbles. Tell tell us about Black Tribbles.
1: Yeah. So the Black Tribbles is a geek talk uh radio show that's like a podcast and a radio show um composed of all uh nerds of color um who you know really geek out and we explore like geekdom in, in whatever form or shape that takes. It's not just like what's happening in the geek sphere, really. Like it's not a news show. It It, it is similar to Ghouls Next Door where, you know, we're really talking about um, the community as a whole or, or, you know, what this media or the things that we geek out really mean. Um, and, you know, everyone has their, their triple designation. And so I'm the horror triple because <laughs> I, you know, love horror. Um, But we have like the Bat Tribble because he loves Batman. Um, Or we have the Storm Tribble or Master Tribble. Uh, And so we they have been going on for 10 years. I'm a recent um, addition to the show. Um, I produce and direct the their web series Tribbles After Dark. And we are finishing up um, this year, actually next month. uh, And we're (laughs) we're ending on a Hi, note. We're running for the uh, Guinness World Record of longest audio-only podcast of sixty hours. <laughs> we're oh, going to be doing that in March.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Before that's April. In April, it's. Yes. That's awesome. That's that. That's awesome. It's like sometimes <laughs> I find getting my three, three or four hours in. It's a little challenging. You talking yeah. about sixty hours. <laughs> yes, yeah, straight. Ooh, that that's content. That, that content has to be strong and continuous. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I am going to say, um, when you say uh, uh, geeks, I don't know. For me, when, when I hear the word geek, I think of passionate. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: That, that's, where, that's where I go with it. Some people are so associated that it has to be X or this and any other. I just think that they're um, very passionate people that are committed to what they like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because, I mean, we have people who are like, I'm like the shoe Tribble, right? Like, it's like whatever it is that you love and like you know so much about and it brings you joy, that's your triple designation. That's what you geek out about. And we like, we welcome you into the Tribble Nation and uh, you know, you can converse with us and geek out and we love that.
0: I I, I love the passion. So you um, direct short comedy horrors?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, yeah, th- those are under the ghouls next door. They're just very short. I think there's none that are like over two and a half minutes. Uh, they are just short horror comedies that are there to kind of flip the you know inc- kind of critique horror in a way. Um, but they're it's just a way for us to laugh steam when we're not being you know analytical.
0: <laughs> so. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever considered writing a film short? Yeah, like some of the parts, it's like, you know, I think it's uh, 15 minutes and under or something like that. Have you ever considered that?
1: Yeah, I'm actually in the in the works of uh, I have like an actual serious like not comedy um, horror film that's like, you know, at the. it's my pride and joy. It's like my baby. Uh, of which is like the intent is to really subvert some of the tropes that we see to have like you know strong female characters which horror tends to have more than most uh genres um but to really like uh kind of turn things on their head um and it's got monsters and it's got you know uh really cool effects but we're working on just like a a very short snippet of that to use Mm -hmm. then to you know look for funding to create like a larger piece um so that's what i'm working on right now so it's like TBD
0: (laughs) okay okay and you design terrifying uh soundscapes so you're the sound person for you you got it all
1: I uh, I wear a lot of hats
0: (laughs) I'm just saying you got the writing part of it you have the uh designing the the sounds of it like you have all of the making of um you know a nice uh horror film for everyone
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a dream.
0: (laughs) We should be looking for you to uh, come out with your first film soon, right? Like you're in a perfect place. You have the perfect uh, surrounding, the perfect support. You know, so that would be awesome to see. Filmed by uh, Gabby Castro, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, I'm not sure if I asked this. I may have, but what what intrigued you most? What inspired you most to go into the horror genre? Was it just to, was it from a community active standpoint that you just wanted to get information out there? You wanted to make people more knowledgeable? Um, What intrigued you, inspired you to actually choose that?
1: Yeah, I have always loved and appreciated horror. Um, it, it, It just was always this thing that I enjoyed like I was very afraid when I was young and at one point, I watched a film that scared me so much. I was like, never afraid of another one. Um, and there was like a thrill. There's a thrill for for horror listen, like uh, watchers um, that's kind of like an adrenaline rush. It's, it's almost like a roller coaster because you have this safe environment where you can, you get scared, but it's, it's okay. Like you're not really in danger. And so it's, it makes you giddy. It's like you go into a haunted house and you're like, oh, <laughs>
0: like, you know, right, um, right, right.
1: Yeah. So there, there is joy that I would always get from horror. Um, And, you know, it was actually with the Black Tribbles when I, you know, first went on their show, just as a guest and they were like, what do you geek out about? And my friend was on there and he was like, horror, you love horror. And I was like, I do. You're right. I do love horror. Um, and I had always wanted to, you know, cause I, I work so closely with media creators of all forms that I was like, I want my own thing, right? Like I want my own show. I want to produce something and use the tools that I am always sharing with others and helping them to do something that I'm passionate about. And I wanted to do a podcast cause I love um, that medium. And I was like, but what, like, I don't want to just make something for making it's sake. Right. Like, cause right. it's easy to just make a show where you're just talking to your friends and that's fine, but I wanted it to be something that was purposeful and that stood out from other programs. And so me and yes. my co-host is uh, my best friend, Kat Cushion. We both love horror movies. She comes from like, uh, she has a history degree. And so she has like she also like studies psychology. And I was like, and I have my film degree. What can we do with that? And so we were like, let's unpack horror. Let's do that. Cause it, it is such a, a great um, medium that doesn't, a genre that doesn't get enough attention for what it's doing. Um, and so we were like, let's shine a light on that and be intentional in something different.
0: Right. I agree. I agree. And it, it, it's very important to make sure that you stand out from, from everything else, because like you said, especially with COVID and, and everything going on. So many, many people are in front of the camera and um, doing their own thing. And shout out to them for, you know, getting on and doing something um, because this pandemic has affected so many in so many different ways. So I don't have much time left, but um, I do want to thank you for for being my special guest yeah, on the Diva Show. I do have a couple of questions that I want to ask. So. Um, I already asked you what you did at Philly Cam. Um, Can you tell us what Philly Cam has to offer um, for its members and how they could possibly get affiliated?
1: Yeah, so if you're a a Philadelphian um, or in the very direct surrounding areas, you can come to Philly Cam. Um, Right now it's virtual like you would virtually come to Philly Cam um, and become a member. And with your membership, that gets you access to take workshops, to get certifications, to use our equipment and space. So we don't rent um, equipment or space. It is reserved. Um, and the exchange is that whatever you create, you also air on the channel. Uh, it belongs to you. You can put that anywhere else, um, but we get a copy. We get the first copy and that's the only you know exchange for that. So um, we have classes so you can learn how to use the equipment or space, but we also have classes that are more about like, you know, fleshing out your your skill set um, and really learning new things. And because of COVID, we've really honed in on making content from home. So using something like Zoom, or there's a resource called StreamYard. Uh, we have plenty of workshops that are designed to equip people with you know, tools and resources that they can create content from home um, because we feel like, you know, it shouldn't stop you. Uh, you should, if you really feel passionate about something, then you can do it. And so to do that, you would go to phillycam.org um, and you can check out like how to join or how to join page, which has like our, our info session video. And then you would eventually take a class with me to finish out your orientation. Uh, and I would, you know, teach you all the things that you need to know. And then you can start creating your content and, you know, submitting it to the channel for TV or radio um, and getting it out there or just learning and connecting with other media creatives so that, you know, you can help other people create content and, you know, build up your own skills so that when you're ready for that feature film, like, <laughs> you know, I'm ready to go, uh, you will have all of that information tools and you'll have, you know, a crew that could help you because you've been, you know, connecting with others.
0: Yes. And their their classes are, are very, when I say intense, they're very informative, uh, showing you how to use the camera. Those of you that have been in front of the camera, maybe you want to take a chance and, you know, get behind the camera and, and learn how that's done and, like, like uh, Gabby said, you know, once you become a member, it's not about renting the equipment, it's about reserving it and respectfully, you know, when you finish your piece, they get first dibs, you know, it's not a copyright type thing, but they wanna make sure that they're able to display the content that you develop using their equipment and, you know, their space. They have office space there. They have um, computers for editing. Um, Mm -hmm. There's people that will help you with the editing as well. So, so many different courses and so many different things that you can do with Philly Camp. Gabby, I want to thank you so much for being my special guest on the Diva Show. You were very informative and, of course, always very pleasant to speak with. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to interview with me. And I'm sure I'll be um, talking with you soon. I know that Philly Cam Now is open two days per week, but on (laughs) appointment basis only. So maybe I'll see you on one of those times when I come down uh, for an appointment.
1: All right. I just
0: want to thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. And you please stay safe and (laughs) sanitize.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye -bye. Bye. Bye.